Oh yeah, so Willie, you talk about like um uh, Melanie Martinez, uh uh Lord, Lana Del Rey and Bjork. Yeah. Which I honestly a uh, did I say Grimes? Anyway, yeah. Honestly, those are the people, those are the artists that I know which I also love. Like I've been just listening to them nonstop. So like yeah, can you just talk about like how did you find these mm-hmm. artists and like how like why what what makes you like love them so much? Because they are kind of like small. I mean, not Lana and Lord, but then yeah, I wasn't yeah. like Grimes is definitely quite like not that mainstream. It's, so yeah, these artists are mainstream in the out world, but very mm. obscure to the mainstream world. Mm. That's how I put it. Yeah, and like. Right. I think like before I was really into music. I just didn't care. I I the the artist I listened to was um that Jonas brother the DNCE like yes yeah um and um Jason Derulo like top dirty like <laughs> oh uh, Nick, Nicki Minaj I think yeah. I listen to a lot of Nicki Minaj but like just like really like mainstream yes. pop I guess mm. and like after I I really got into music I found that like. It's just like it's just nice to match your mood to whatever you're listening to, and mm. it's also like it's something that's very easily digestible and like you don't have to think much when you're listening to music, right? And yeah, it's also nice to like, um, like distract you a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And also mm. like I, mm. I, the first artist I discovered that was like kind of weird was like Bjork. And uh-huh. I basically I was watching a uh, RuPaul Drag Race clips on YouTube, uh-huh. yeah. and uh, Katya Zamoskova, like another artist I really love, uh-huh. she impersonated Bjork on Drag Race. So I was mm. like, oh, who's this lady? <laughs> and then no, it was suggested to me. Uh, okay. Bjork mutual call the music video, and I watched it, and I was like, this is so weird. And, oh my gosh, yeah. And like, um, and then I, I started listening to her music and I was like, oh my god, this is so weird, this is so scary. <laughs> because like, honestly, like, if you don't start on the right songs, it's terrifying to hear what she sings. Uh-huh. And like, and like um, yeah. so, and, but I was like, I, I, I found it like, kind of intriguing and like, even though I was like, kind of scared of it, I like, kept going mm. back to it. And then, right. I think at a certain point, when you can digest, like for these kind of alternative artists, mm. you really have to go slow because if you if you just like mm. try the whole album at once, you're just gonna be like, oh my god, what the hell is yeah. this? Like, and I, I oh, hate yeah. it. Like, you're gonna be traumatized. So like, you really have to like digest their songs. Yes, same same with Lord's music for me. Like yeah, yeah. And uh, Grimes, I'm so sorry. Same with Grimes as well. Like Grimes, like it was just. It was just nothing that I listened to. Like, say, I was listening to, like, more mainstream pop music. But then I was like, you know what? Like, let's have a look at Grimes. This Elon Musk's, like, girlfriend and oh, stuff like that. Oh, that era. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that era, which is... Okay, um okay. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. So I listened to this music called... Her music, like, uh, My Name is Dark. So it was like... Uh-huh, yeah. I was like, what the heck is this? Like, what, what is this? And then later on, I was just, like, playing it nonstop. I, I just loved it so much. And that's, like, how I know 
primes and got obsessed. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with Lord, it was definitely like I she 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 was definitely super popular when with her like pure heroine era. And not gonna lie, like she was like sixteen, and she wrote that. I know it's crazy. What did she wrote rapes? I crazy. know she wrote rips at sixteen. Like, like how? Like what? Like I know. She, I don't know. She's just able to put mm-hmm. put a feeling that I can't even describe with words into words and music. Yeah, and yeah. Just... That's the thing. I I find it very hard to translate my feelings into words. Mm, so usually yeah. I translate that into music or visual mm, art. Right. Yeah. So and also like uh, right. for Bjork, like. Mm. She's just like once you get into her music, it's like terrifying. Like oh my her, god. Her yeah. music videos are honestly like it's beyond weird. But now now that I've listened to her, like I don't yeah. find it weird anymore. And that allows me <laughs> to like explore even weirder things. Mm. Like she has a she has a song where she screams for one minute straight. And it's like it's crazy. And I was like and another song like a lot of songs like her lyrics are so weird too. She's like, there's a song about. There's a song where she wrote for the Olympics and oh. they, they, because she was like kind of popular in the nineties and thousands, thousands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because people know her from like the Swan Dress or whatever, and and then the Olympics were like, hey, can you write a song for us? And she's like, okay. And the whole song is like, it's like, it's so short and it's basically her saying like, I am the ocean. It's so weird, <laughs> and she's like, oh and my gosh. Ends, like, my sweat is salty, my sweat is salty, and she just repeats that. She's so weird. Yeah. The Olympics. Yeah, and like, and <laughs> yeah, and like, at first I was like, oh, this is this is just like straight up weird, and I I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. But recently she she released like podcasts like explaining each album. Oh. And that's <gasps> she goes so in depth. Right. Like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just one of those people that like combines a lot of ideas. Oh my god, that's so cool. Like, here's the thing, like, what's your opinion on this? Like, should the artist or like even their author or writer themselves explain their product, their oh, art? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or should it be like just not explain it up for interpretation of the readers? So like what would what, what do you think? You definitely have to explain it, like Yeah. Especially for like Lord. Because yeah. I I got into her during her solar power. Oh yes. era. Uh-huh. I started with solar power and then I, I worked my way back. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. that's like kind of recent. Not gonna lie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like <gasps> when she explains solar power, like mm. it just makes more sense. True. That's true. and like there's some songs that are like especially for music mm. and art. You really mm. have to. Like, you can't just like you might be like interpreting it too much or like. Mm. Or it just helps to know the meaning behind it. True. That is so true. Especially like postmodern mm-hmm. art, I would say, like art in the 21st century. Because like, and it's also like, I feel like nowadays, like basically anyone has the equipment to kind of be an artist to some extent. And like, I feel like a lot of like more old school people think that is not a good thing because like, what anyone can be an artist, anyone can do what we th- we would do. But then honestly, I feel like it's a good thing because now we have so much more different ways to, like, kind of express ourselves. And like, 
there's like everyone can use that as a way to 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 kind of uh, tap into your ideas and it's not no longer exclusively for a certain group of people so personally I think it's a good thing that there's like way more weird kind of forms of music and like also if you think about music back then you always think about like those classical music which is like very western music and very like upper class music but then there's like folk songs everywhere around the world and there's also like opera music everywhere around the world so then yeah I just feel like nowadays I'm kind of really blessed to nowadays because like you get to experience so many more different kinds and yeah going back to Lord because I love her so much like I feel like I was obsessed with her uh, since like Royals came out so it was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> she was a baby like I was I was saying Lord um royals so much i sang it in a ktv like it was like in in beijing there's like those <laughs> yeah, little, yeah, yeah. yeah like ktv pause and it yeah. was so small and i was with my parents and i was like i'm gonna sing this song i was singing <laughs> and they were shook like they were like what is this because the music video like the ktv they showed the music video mm, and yeah, the, yeah, 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 the yeah. royals music video is so weird and like my dad was like <laughs> I know, I know. Like, why are you listening? But then, I don't know. Like, that, at that time when I was saying Royals, I was, like, 16. And in that video, Lord is also 16. <laughs> oh. It's, yeah, it was so for fun. Yeah. And, like, when mm-hmm. he, they explain it, I guess, like, mm. it just adds another layer of enjoyment. Yes. And also true. about that thing about, like, uh, anyone can do art. Mm-hmm. it's true and like mm-hmm. I think that for me art is more interesting to like um know the artist process around behind it because right. especially for me when I make art like like mm-hmm. like painting drawing whatever mm-hmm. like it it takes like people don't realize that it takes so much mental planning and like you really have mm-hmm. to write down an entire essay to like start drawing yeah. something because yeah. it's so hard to translate stuff right. into something visual and like make it interesting mm. too yes totally agree yeah before when I was like younger like in secondary school I was like mostly I was writing mostly and then but then like I was writing also competitively like going through competitions and stuff and then I feel like now I, I really like podcasts because like when I was writing yeah I I, I was like the opposite um I had a picture in mind, like I have a scene by scene situation in mind, and like that's how I write a lot of stuff. Or if I don't plan, then it's just like I just write whatever I want. But then a lot of the times it's like, yeah, I I have a little like movie scenes being connected, and like there's certain times where you write something, but then in your mind you're listening to that voice talking, and then you're like, if I write it out, it's like very different from talking out loud so then I was like yeah let me create this podcast because I can actually talk my thoughts out and then yeah I just feel like it's just really nice to have different ways to like express ourselves and like yeah I feel like like postmodernism art like a lot of them are misunderstood and like it's so important to have an artist explain to like you can also like connect it you can also have a more better connection with the artist themselves I feel like so yeah I do agree with you I definitely feel like Back then, in like my like English literature classes, I hope the writers could actually explain what they're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. or like just have their thoughts on like what they wrote. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 
Like, can and I like just writing, not... writing is really intense too. True. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes, writing is like, and you have to, you, you really, yeah, it's, it can be so stressful because you, you don't want it to be like all over the place. You don't just want to write your random little diaries. Uh, so you want to plan it out, but then you also don't want to plan it. And you also don't know how the the readers are going to receive it. Like if it's like in, what you intended to say or something. So agree with, with that. Yeah. So like, oh, yeah. And also listen to Melanie Martinez before, like her like very first, like Dollhouse. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that. So yeah. definitely for my, Melanie Martinez, like her, yeah. her explanations are so important. Because almost almost all of her songs are metaphors, I think. Yes. And like that's true. Yeah. If you misinterpret it, it's like it won't impact you that much. Mm. Because Absolutely. the point of her music is that the metaphors are in mm. and like very clever. True. Yeah. Like the storytelling yeah. aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was so genius too. To I think the. Yeah, the dollhouse one was, like, one of my favorites. Like, it was, like, basically how, like, a child's play, like, thing is kind of reflecting, you know, the, the society and the family yeah, yeah. and the world. So, it was, she's, she's also a genius. Like, I, I saw her, like, on, like, The Voice. Yeah, like, yeah. The, she was such a cute little bean back then. And, like, her conceptual art at the very beginning, like, she had a little interview, like, she does conceptual art. And they were, like, so amazing. like. Yeah, she she definitely writes her music as a form of like storytelling. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, recently I also got into like K-pop, which like I love K-pop. I <laughs> yes. I I I like yeah, I had I I know a lot of K-pop as well. Oh like, my god. Who, who do you like? Oh, I was listening to Idol. So like uh like uh by BTS? No, 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 no. It was oh, just okay, like okay. group. Yeah, it was like <laughs> okay, a yeah, yeah, okay. group. Yeah, and basically it's just I feel like it's such a rare thing for that group. Like, that group, basically, the group leader kind of, like, writes the music and produces it. Yeah, that's really rare. Yeah, that's just so rare in, like, a K-pop industry, especially. Because, like, everything is, like... I think they they have a specific team that writes music, and, like, in the company, they send it to these groups to perform. But then, for that one, their group leader writes it themselves. And all of the members, they all kind of participate in the songwriting. Um, aspects so like I just really love that group and like also I can see like how harsh the beauty standards in Korea is because like the leader apparently like she looks so cute but then they were like she looks ugly like people commented she looks ugly and I'm just like get your eyes checked like no she does not look ugly yeah the Asian beauty standard world is Mm. so complicated like I know there's colorism, there's yes. fat phobia, and like mm. within East Asia, there's so much beauty standards, and there's also mm. beauty standards between Southeast Asia and East Asia. Right, yeah. So like, you know how the whole thing of like, uh, Thai actors and Bollywood actors, like they want Ooh. to look whiter and like yes, look yes. more Korean. Yeah. And within yeah. that Korean society, there's also so many beauty standards. I, so, yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Basically, like, having a fair skin, like, just mm-hmm. lighter skin, that's, like, universal in Asia, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so toxic. Like, all the xiaohongshu, like, the Douyin filters, like, 
just stretching your long filters, abs, yeah. legs. Yeah, and like oh, this is so funny. Sometimes I, <laughs> I, I tried those filters, and like it's so funny to like, <laughs> like completely like whitewash your face and like, mm. like the, the big red lips and like yes, huge eyes. Like, I know, and like your nose still... is like super skinny. Sometimes like me yes. and my friend will like face tune our face to like look like extremely like it's like yes, just funny. Yes. <laughs> oh my god yeah but just yeah it's just such a toxic yeah environment and yeah like I don't I don't wear any makeup and stuff but then I feel like it was really I, I wanted like I could try out but then I I wanted to be like very goth makeup so I definitely don't want the xiaohongshu ones like there's so and then it was like there's one point where I was on like Billy Billy, so it was like kind of like, like Chinese YouTube kind, and there was one about like, um, how do you uh, like why is this celebrity's makeup so successful? Like why is uh her a facial structure this good and stuff like that? Or like why is she actually not as good, but when she dyed her hair somehow like she looked all perfect and stuff? And I would just like it just keeps on you know recommending those. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so. Like it makes me feel like so insecure. I'm like, what, 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 what do you mean? Like, what should I do and stuff like that? It's just, I don't know. Like, it focus on the so, like tiny little things. Like, um, because like her eyes doesn't look that aggressive, or like her eyes is not round, yeah, yeah, so then that's yeah. why that makeup suits her better. Yeah, or, like yeah, her yeah. face is round, so then uh, that kind of hairstyle suits her better. And I'm just like, <laughs> there's so many things that goes in. Like, yeah. It's just crazy, but you also get it anywhere. Like I feel like I definitely saw this one about like Western um beauty standards, and it's like like basically Kim Kardashian, like the Kardashian Jenner family, is like the epitome of like what Western beauty standards is trying to strive for, and like how it was like a mixture of all different ethnicities. Like your lips has to be thick. Yeah, yeah, that's like a it, they very, definitely fetishize mm-hmm. like uh Asian mixed, clock mixed size. race. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just uh, like it was analyzing how like the thick lips were like more like African um features, and then like the yeah. like the fox eyes thingy were like more Asian, more like the slim eyes, like the Ariana Grande thingy, like her I, eyes just. I've, <laughs> I've laughed at a picture like ten thousand times. Like I have it saved on my phone. Like, literally. <laughs> I love that picture oh, so God. much. It's so funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like, yeah, how your nose is, like, more white features. And, like, your cheekbones is more, like, Native American, like, high cheekbones features. And, like, how your body is, like, more Latin American. Like, you have to yeah. have an ass and boobs and stuff like that. Like, it's just, like, what what is wrong with this world? Like, with all of these stupid, you And, know. like, uh... On that topic, like, because mm-hmm. recently, like, I started following a lot of models and, like, mm. I watched a lot of, like, like behind-the-scenes models, uh-huh. like, yeah. or whatever, or, like, their daily life or whatever. And, like, mm-hmm. the thing about, like, beauty standards is, like, especially in, like, the fashion world, yeah, it's always, like, there's a trend and, like, the trend comes and goes. Mm. So, like, maybe now yeah. the trend is, like, the Bella Hadid, uh, oh, Alwyn eyes, uh, hollow cheekbones. Yes, and like yes, yes. next time it will be different, which is like yeah. really weird because if you do something permanent to pursue that beauty mm. standard, it's just gonna change. 
That is so true. Yeah. And I feel like these trends are like, I don't know, is it also like a, a somewhat a, a thing to keep people doing plastic surgery, like keep them yeah, yeah. going for it? It's And, definitely the, yeah. like, that's how like people advertise products, like, mm, so, like yeah. they feed into your insecurities, yeah. Ex- exactly. That's just like an industry that profits off from insecurities. And, but it's also comforting yeah. because if you feel insecure or whatever, Mm. You can just like pick an era because like we have enough history oh. to like have okay not every beauty standard represented but like mm. you can go for a certain aesthetic in a different time zone. Yeah. So, oh like, god. Yeah. And if you just ignore like obviously like uh the main requirement for models is like skinny tall. Mm. Yeah. yeah. If you just ignore that, but like you just say like oh today I'm going for like. 80s model vibe mm. so yeah. like you can like channel the energy then like it'll be more fun in that sense i think oh, oh, oh i have one tip i have one tip yes yes <laughs> if you really want to find your style mm. like if you want to get into like uh having a style or whatever yeah you have to build your aesthetic first it's like it's so important to build your aesthetic <laughs> because right. if you don't have an aesthetic you don't know what you're shopping you're shopping for and like it, it just oh. won't be fun <laughs> yeah. You're just gonna have like a closet of like clothes and then like you don't really want. Right. And you don't yeah. know how to match it. I know. So you really have to figure out like like maybe like two or three aesthetics that you normally go for. Mm. And then like mm. you'll be like, today I want to be this, today I want to be that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's so cute. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah, I mean cottage core is definitely one. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can, if anything existing in my wardrobe, I can pull something off with that. But that was so fun. And yeah, just remember what I wanted to say about like the trend come and go thing. Like now is like we're back to the Y2K situation again. Like we're yeah. going back again. Like, yeah, it just is definitely a, 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 like an entire cycle situation. But and, also, yeah. the interesting, oh, I could talk about this for hours. So like sure. the 2000s, mm. the real 2000s aesthetic is so different from mm. our the 2020 Y2K aesthetic. Oh yeah. Because it's like 2020s version of Y2K, mm. and that will soon evolve into the 2020 decades aesthetic. Because mm. like. 2000s has an aesthetic. 2010s has a very distinct aesthetic, and mm-hmm. we we won't go back to 2010s yet for this year, I think, because okay. it's still too near, and we are like still cringing <laughs> from it, and we are like, yes. yeah, it's not. I don't think it, enough time has passed for for it right. to come back to that. So like yes. sometimes when I look at Y2K aesthetic, it's I kind of cringe a bit because. It's not mm. real Y2K aesthetic because right. honestly, if you just dress like Y2K aesthetic, you just look damn ugly. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. It is so ugly. I'm not gonna lie. I know. Like, you have to. Jeans. You have to make like your own stylistic choices, and then that yeah. would evolve into our version of Y2K. Mm. Oh yeah. Wait, and that's think, so fun. I think yeah. that when the Y2K movement started in quarantine, like oh, yeah. when COVID first hit, I mm. think that has. Uh, made alternative fashion more of a trend mm. compared to 2010s. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my yeah. gosh. And so like 
now it's kind of weird because I don't really know what our decade is going to look like. <laughs> you know. Uh, yes, it's just going to, I don't know, it's going to look, I don't know, honestly, it's, it should be fun just to watch how this fashion trend I know, <laughs> goes. Yeah. yeah, the future. Yeah, honestly, I don't know, I should possibly just get more, a little bit more into my fashion. I like make more of my own little clothes and stuff like that. Uh, I, I wasn't into fashion until, mm. because for my year 11, mm. I had to, I took IGCSE art. Oh, okay. Then, um, I, I was like, uh, I was really into fine arts back then. Yeah. But then, for, because um, in IGCSE art, basically for one year, you have to choose a topic. And uh-huh. you have to like, work on that topic. Right. And it's either finance or design. And then one year, I was like, okay, I'll just do design just like for fun. <laughs> because like, yeah, it's more free in that way. Like, you mm. know. And I, I, I did like fashion mm. because and, and I just like tried it out. And then like, I remember like researching a lot about fashion and then that made me more interested in it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That is so, so like, fun. Yeah. I think I got more interested in like fashion when I was learning how to make like steep house in uh, yeah. like it was like year twelve, the summer break, like between year twelve and like university. And like basically I saw this shop, uh, and then it was like a, a steep house workshop for teacher. And like she talked about how like uh she, basically the steep house she made were not like the steep house that you imagine, which is like the Kind of like the 60s, like Shanghai style tea pals, but it's rather like a more traditional one where it's like more Peking style. And like back then, when those moms were actually making clothes for their kids, so it was like, no, you don't really need a ruler at all. You just really need like a string and then not much measurements at all. You you just need a, you, you don't even need to draw any like anything you don't you know you don't have to make a mock-up nothing it's just like you just draw it and you cut it and you make it and then it will fit you really well and then it's gonna look awesome and it's like before it was like made with love by these moms and it's not and she talked about how fashion like back then is like yeah basically she I remember so clearly she was like conclusion is like humans don't need to wear clothes <laughs> but that was really funny to hear from her but then yeah, she talked about how, like, people thought this Tipao thing is from, like, the Manchu people. So, like, in the Qing dynasty, it was from, evolved from their clothes. But then she talked about how, like, in Chinese culture, it was, like, every single culture borrows elements from a different, um, kind of, I don't know how to say it, but, like, a minzu, like, like, um, it's an ethnic group, I would say. Like, it's so, it's not really just Manchu people. It was, like, they borrow elements from like the hands and they borrow elements from like people around them. And it was just, it was just such a refreshing way to see fashion as like, um, you know, a, a something representative of the, like basically of the life back then of like mother um, hard work and like also how it relates to culture. And also it was such a sustainable way of, making clothes because you don't need to waste any fabric like every single piece of the fabric can be used somewhere in the piece of clothes and you just hand sew it you don't even need a sewing machine so it was just 
it was just super fun to see that thing and also learn from her. And I feel like that was when I was like into clothes and like fashions in general. Like it was just where I realized how far we come from from that to like nowadays and how different it is. And yeah, it was just super super fun to learn from her, and that's how I got into it. And like, yeah, which is a very interesting way. But then, yeah. No, that's really nice. Like, <laughs> that's like a histor historical thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and she she even looked into like like very old like um Chinese books about like how to make clothes, like how to what is the um like what are the standards and what what are the uh, requirements and. Yeah, she was. She she really loved Chinese culture and also, um, like she was really dedicated to researching about this fashion thing. So and then now I'm currently learning like the qipao and like the more traditional, like the 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 ones that you see in movies, like the sixties、yeah. one. Yeah, the really tight ones. And oh my god, like it was so hard. Like it was like, like. Yeah, when you're learning it, you feel like you're doing math equations, which is like <laughs> you're just calculating and measuring everything. And it was, it was like, it just it's so I don't know, it, it's it's so deep sun, like it's just really it's like skin tight ish, and it it's definitely not something that I typically wear. But then I feel really confident in it. Like it was really fun to try it on and try different stuff. So yeah, it feels great to make. Your own clothes, but yeah, yeah, it takes time. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I know, yeah, and like,、mm-hmm. I think I think also like about that, people、mm-hmm. kind of like assume that like, um, like the thing about fashion is like if you want to be fashionable, like obviously、mm-hmm. you have to spend money. Yeah, but there's、yeah. also ways to do it on a budget. And I don't think the solution is to like shop at Shein or like oh yeah like no、uh, not that like, yeah Ali Express or like Taobao. Oh Taobao. Yeah. I know it's like I'm like I know you can't afford this, but like just wait until you can afford something nicer or like just like try to find it at a secondhand store. Because、mm, yeah. like 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 people don't realize that like clothes just like take time, take money and like resources to make. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you really、so、think this like five one dollar <clears throat> US dollar、mm. skirt is like ethically sourced? Like, no, obviously exactly. not. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh! I want sustainable fashion, like fashion yeah, so industry. Yeah. Like, I guess if you make your own clothes, you realize. Yes. That. How much effort? And yeah. And like the value of like actual、exactly. textiles and stuff like that. Yes. Exactly. And also, if you make it from just buying your own fabric, it's. Is that is actually way cheaper than buying, which makes sense. Like it's cheaper than buying it from, like a store. And like sustainable fashion. Oh my god. I, yeah, we can talk about this forever because like I'm also <laughs> in this like research project on sustainable fashion. Yeah. Yes. The the like the waste of like fashion industries is like, it's huge and so little. Yeah, so little gets recycled. Like, there isn't that much that is going to. Be recycled. It's just gonna get into the landfill, and if they are recycled, they are like、uh, I, I look at a source from like mainland China. A lot of them are basically just sold to、um, Africa or like India. Like those two are like really popular、uh, 
basically uh, results of like your your fashion waste if they don't get into the landfill. That's what happened. Um, and then also like a lot of people believe that it just gets donated to like rural uh, city, rural area uh, kids and like families. But that's like only like a few percent, like 10 percent, I would say. And then a lot of them will get downcycled like those fabric is gonna like get broken down and then made into like your maybe like car seat fabric or like your um air con uh filter stuff like that so that's also another way and like some people also just diy themselves so like those are some very popular um ways where of how your like fashion ways go which like i mean it's good that they're still like doing some recycling but then it's like if you can uh, like if you don't buy that stuff that much, then you're not going to produce that much waste, which is like the best case scenario. But then yeah. I do get that like a lot of Asian people do not like like secondhand shopping and stuff because and I kind of understand where they're coming from, like basically from well, most of them are concerned about like hygiene, like whether yeah. it's clean or not or like if there's like. A broken stuff or like and hidden flaws or stuff like that but so then that's why in this project I really want to find out like basically I want to find out like if those people who throw these clothes out what are the reasons why they throw these clothes out is it because like they think it's trash so then they, they just chuck it out or because like their kids are now older so then they can no longer fit in the clothes so then they will like kind of throw it out donate it out or like they change their style, they're down, um, they're no, they, they want to downsize their wardrobe. Like, what are the reasons why they do that? I feel like if we know what are the reasons why people donate clothes, then we will be able to understand, like, actually the sources of those clothes from your secondhand shops, they're not as dirty as you think. Like, they're just... Yeah. Yeah, so and I most just... Most of the clothes I buy, mm-hmm. I, I actually buy a lot of, like, people's high school sports day <laughs> shirts. <laughs> I have yeah. one that's, like, Oh, I have it right here. Um, <laughs> there's mm. a. Oh my gosh. Like, because they Ooh. import a lot of stuff from like Japan or whatever. There's like mm. really cute patterns, and like this has like ants on it. Oh. And it's like cute or whatever. Oh, wait, that's why I saw you wear one to like the garden thing. Like, it was like a Nobel, Noble. Oh, something. that was my school. Oh, that was your school. <laughs> oh! Okay. But like, yes. like, yeah, like, and like, I think. It, like the stuff I see in thrift shops is mostly just like either overstock or just people mm. like clothes that are just left behind in people's houses. Like yeah. like they just don't wear anymore. Mm-hmm. And exactly. like also people think that like you're buying these kind of like antique clothes from like like really old people. Like most of the clothes there are like modern. Like they're not gonna be haunted or like Yeah. The literally oh, my gosh, my yeah. grandparents like call me all the time and they're like, You could have bad function and like and like yeah. your cheese isn't good, Ooh, and then that's why you fail your exams. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Oh my god. My I saw a really nice like like a cheap house style mm-hmm. like clothes, and then I was like I found that in a pile of like just granny's clothes. Like it was like it was clearly it was a granny who has worn it. And my mom was like, wait, maybe the gran granny passed away. So yeah, yeah. And I'm like. I I don't do I care about this like I know. cute clothes and the only concern you have about the clothes is like if you had fleece in it and you just yeah. like wash it in hot water and it's gone 
like that's it <laughs> right wait so, yeah so it's actually i would say it's kind of easy to actually clean them yeah and yeah so oh that's so that's so nice i mean it would just be nice if i can con- I, I would definitely continue to join this project and like yeah i was thinking about like the interview the in um focus group interviews like i was trying to like maybe ask you guys like why did you why what are some reasons why you would like you know potentially donate your clothes and yeah I feel like it's just people just people it's so weird because people assume that others are just really mean and just they're just it's definitely the I feel like that's the Chinese mentality you're you're always like scared yeah 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 the others are bad yeah 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 yeah. I always want to stab you in the back yeah that's so true yeah Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Yeah, yeah. Where do you normally thrift in Hong Kong? Uh, uh, Hong Kong. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, uh, actually, uh, one time I have a lot of stuff as well. Oh. But usually the okay. me, and, me and G. Okay. It's it's definitely a, I, I think Malaysia has a better. It's nicer to thrift in Malaysia. Because Ooh. like, yeah. first of all, there's more bundle shops like these right. shops that like, get like bundles of clothes and they just like sell them mm. so like how it works in Malaysia is like like you go to these bundle stores they're like really big warehouses and right uh honestly it's like bright lights and you just go in and have a headache because it's so bright and you're like digging through like racks of clothes but like, oh, it's God. spacious yeah. and the thing about Hong Kong mm. is like it's not spacious yeah 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 it's yeah. so crammed yeah and, and you really have to dig and then find gold. And yeah. you, but usually people that go there are mm. resellers and they find those pieces that are really special and they resell uh, them at like oh. nicer thrift shops or like oh. uh, or like their own businesses or like right yeah and then so smart. <laughs> they mark up the prices and some stores mm. mark up like reasonably like I still don't mind paying that much. Right, right. But uh, some sauce just like go crazy with it. <laughs> and, yeah. And, oh God. And, yeah. Uh, so the best place to like thrift in Malaysia is you have to go to like markets, like thrift thrift events. Mm. They are usually hosted by like artsy people and like small businesses. Oh yeah. So yeah. they just sell their collections that they've right. found or like right. their own personal collections. Mm. And and then um, they usually sell them for quite cheap. Mm. and usually those fairs they uh, they make a lot of like necklaces and stuff like that too that's so cute oh my gosh yeah yeah on the topic of thrifting I I talked to like a friend and she's now in uh, like living in London like she's in UAL and stuff but like she she was like she was like thrifting in London is like so expensive because they mark it up so high like because thrifting is like a trend right like in those western countries like it's it's you're a cool kid if you go thrifting and but then the price is like almost the same as a brand new one like she was like i'm not gonna spend that money and buy a worn piece of clothes for the same mm-hmm. process something that i can get brand new and like she, and she was like but then she felt guilty about you know thinking about that because she was like thrifting is like more environmentally friendly like you're producing less fashion waste but then I was also thinking like it's not her problem like it's just how the business and how capitalism makes us think like it's mm-hmm. your responsibility to re- upcycle and to recycle 
um, and they were like promoting recycling. Meanwhile, the company themselves is like the biggest factor that is producing all sorts of waste. Which, like, honestly, this is okay. I can definitely keep on talking about this recycling thing because I think also in in just so many things like straws, basically, or like bags and stuff like that. Yeah. They make it seem like, um, oh, I'm throwing so much of this plastic and I'm throwing so much of this and that. Like, I should use a reusable straw, but then they don't tell you how much the company. Uh, waste and like pollutes uh, when they're producing these products, and they just feel like they want to give all of that responsibility to the consumers. While when it it's like consumers can do so little about the environment. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the whole greenwashing thing. Yeah, it's the whole, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I don't know, like it's now a whole. It's like a huge buzzword, and it's like basically it's just. I feel like it's just something that. Um, they do to as a marketing strategy and it's just so sad because like they have a i feel like consumers have a good heart they want to make an impact but then they're also brainwashed to think that they can make an impact while the biggest person that can make an impact is the company themselves and yeah it's just really annoying to see that so i was telling my friend like just don't feel guilty about that because it's not your problem to yeah you know yeah not want to buy overpriced um Close and definitely, old. like, mm-hmm. if anyone's like planning to trip, like, mm-hmm. if you want special things, obviously, yeah. you have to go to these uh, specialty shops. Yeah. But they they usually only sell like branded things, mm-hmm. and when it's branded things, like, it's more justifiable to pay more. Yeah, that's true. And and yes. and to me, to me, like. I don't really value. This sounds so privileged, but like I don't really value mm. money as much as mm. uh that. Like I'm not gonna buy new stuff anyway, so mm. I might as well spend more on secondhand things. Mm. And like yeah, like yeah, like I feel like a lot of people like have that mentality of like there's there's literally no point in buying like new things if if mm. if you don't mind like. Stuff that are like still in good condition, but it just mm. has been worn before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's just it's the whole mentality thing. Like it's you, if what whatever you think, then it's it will shape how you view like these thrift shops and secondhand stores. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also I want to say about like the I the the comment you made about like value and money, and I I do agree. Like for us, it, it we are definitely like super privileged. But then I've been thinking about this. For so long, it's like, like, I I sometimes I talk to like people like they're literally like a ball of negative energy, and they complain about how unlucky they are. And I was just thinking like, this is like a chicken or the egg question. Like, are they like very unlucky, which makes them like very miserable and very negative, or because they're very miserable and negative, that's why they see everything. And a very negative, like they think they're very unlucky. Um, That's the thing, yeah. In the world, yeah, like which one affects it first? Like, is it like the event, the unlucky event that impacted them, which leads them to have this mentality first, or because they have this mentality, which makes them like an unlucky person? Like, I was just thinking about that so much, but anyway, yes. I know, and like the weird thing is like, uh, like for our generation, and like.、Mm-hmm. If you are in like a middle class and like, if you go to uni, you're like obviously in a middle class already. Like,、mm, if you are not yes, here by、yeah. like subsidy or like anything, 
Mm. Like, if you pay tuition. And then, um, right. Like, so it, it always, like, blows my mind how people are, like, like, they always go for the cheapest option. Mm. But, like, it's not that sustainable. Or, like, or, like, they fuss over money so much. But right. I'm, like, if if you're at this age where you're not an adult yet, where you yeah. don't have to worry about rent or, like, working, <laughs> your, like, where, where you're, like, a student, basically, I'm, like, just yeah. manage your budget, like, I think that's just, like, uh, yeah. more important than, like, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, like, complaining yeah. over nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But then, I agree with that. Uh, like, you know, there are people that just buy a lot of cheap stuff, which I feel like there are things that are worth investing. Like, you pay for that yeah, amount yeah, of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it's worth that amount. You can use it for longer. Especially, like, shoes. I think shoes is, like, shoes are so important because... I know. Yeah, like, if you have a bad pair of shoes, like, you can't really walk that long at all. But then, I really like yeah, walking. That's the thing, like, yeah. if I hear someone, like, complain about the price of the shoe, mm. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I, like, just, like, spend less here, and, like, if you already know, like, shoes are going to be expensive, like, all shoes are expensive, like, you can't, it's something you can't avoid. Yeah. Like, so, like, you can complain about money, but, like, like, you have to understand that, like, things can be expensive. Yeah, you know? yeah. exactly. Yeah, if you want to look for, like, something with a good quality, they will I know. get expensive. So, yeah, thank you so much, Willie. And, like, looking forward to do more of this uh, with sure. you. This was yes. so fun.